0: Thus says the Lord, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house can you build for me? What is to be my resting place? My hand made all these things. When all of them came to be, says the Lord, this is the one whom I approve, the lowly and afflicted man who trembles at my word. This short passage from the 66th chapter of Isaiah was in morning prayer this morning. And in this passage from Isaiah, we pick up, last month we talked about courage, the gift of courage that is from the Holy Spirit. This month I think it is rather important for us to turn to a corresponding aspect or the corresponding gift in my opinion, which is the fear of the Lord or wonder and awe. And the reason why I think this is so important to talk about is because well, we fear talking about fear of the Lord. Because we don't think anyone should fear God, right? We're always scared to talk about some of the more tricky, difficult, or even harsh aspects of our faith, which in reality are tricky, difficult, and harsh aspects of our God. And this is a hard thing for us to accept, to fathom, and to understand. But at the same time, it is also absolutely essential. Because I think without fear of the Lord, it is almost impossible for us to come to love Him. I know at least in my own experience, at least the men in my life whom I respect, who shaped me, who formed me, I feared before I really learned to love them. My own father, my grandfather, who I feared in many ways growing up, but at the time of his death last year about this time, I don't think I've ever been so sure that any man loved me as much as he did. And it was because he demanded a lot from me. He knew that I could be better. If I didn't do something right, he would tell me, Jared. We do it this way, and he was right. And in so many ways, the same thing with our God. Because I think whenever we talk about fear of the Lord, we think of it just in and of itself. But really, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, as the writer of the Proverbs tells us. Fear fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's whenever we learn that we have to fear the Lord in some way, as St. Paul, at least I think St. Paul wrote Letter to the Hebrews, you can attend that. But he tells us in there that it's a terrifying, terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I think we always have to remember that fear and terror have this kind of a multifaceted reality in the Old Testament. Fear came upon all the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whenever the angel of the Lord approached them. And really what that was an indication of, was not just fear in and of itself, that we think of it today as a kind of a shuddering away or a cowering, but it also included an aspect of something that was overwhelming, an overpowering experience, something that couldn't be comprehended, something that was beyond their understanding. And yes, obviously God is beyond our understanding. He's infinite. As we see in this passage that I read at the beginning from Isaiah, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house can you build for me? What is to be my resting place? My hand made all these things. All that is, all that was, all that will be were created from the wisdom of our God. I can't even understand half of what I did today. Each of us needs to understand that God has the big picture in mind. And I think fear of the Lord, we have to remember too, has an end in mind. It has a purpose. It is meant to go somewhere. So, one of my favorite examples of this is to go to the killing of the firstborn, the tenth plague, in Egypt. Whenever God does this, it's rather harsh. It's mean and it's downright cruel. But what is the Lord trying to tell the Israelites? Because the Israelites have been complaining against God, against Abraham, and against Aaron. Well, what were the firstborn in the old world, in ancient times? The firstborn, what did they get? Everything. The firstborn inherited whatever the families. Inheritance was, right? Whether it was land, whether it was wealth. And so, what God is telling the Israelites is that there's no inheritance in Egypt. You have no inheritance here. There is nothing for you to gain. And so, by that seemingly cruel act, He's trying to remind the Israelites that their inheritance is Him is the promises that he made to their father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not in those seeming wealth, and the seeming greatness, and the seeming power of the Egyptians, but instead in the true spiritual wealth, and the true greatness, and the true power of the God of Israel. And this indication from our Lord then gives us an insight into what the Lord does whenever he inspires when we receive from the Holy Spirit the gift of fear of the Lord whenever we receive the gift of fearing the Lord we then also cease to fear the things of this world as much we cease to fear what the world can do to us I don't know how many times I've talked to people who are fear speaking the truth of the Catholic faith in the workplace because of what others might think of them or maybe even more poignantly, they lose their job. I even know people who are scared to approach our Lord and receive Him in a certain way in Holy Communion because they fear what their friends may think of them. In so many ways, fear of others holds us back. And I will talk. You know, in the coming weeks I will talking a little bit about this example as well. But one who truly allowed fear the Lord to transform her heart into the place of love was Saint Mary Magdalene. Whenever she turned to fear the Lord, to wonder in awe before Him and turn to love of Him, her fear of what the world could do to her disappeared. Look at her as before the Lord's death in Bethany, she anoints His feet with spikenard. Imagine how scandalous that had to seem to people around her. Here's this woman anointing this holy man's feet, cleansing it with her hair. And we even hear Judas whisper, could not this perfume have given, been given for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And then there's in parentheses, it's told to us that it's not because he cared about the poor instead because he used to steal. You see so often fear has ulterior motives. We fear the world, we fear what can happen to us because I might lose something, because I might be affected. But what fear the Lord is for us is the only thing we fear is to lose him. The only thing we fear is to not give ourselves entirely to Him. The only thing to fear is the loss of our salvation, which will never happen if we trust. And so fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is also the beginning of love of God. And I think that's such an important thing for us to remember because something that again is not very often talked about today is hell. And I think that's really to our detriment as a church. Because, whenever we see people wayward from the church, when we see them not wanting to come back, they'll oftentimes say, well, I don't have time. I don't like the way that that priest talked or that pastor talked. I don't like the music. Basically, they list off every other reason for going to church except for the reason why we need to turn to the Lord which is because we need salvation and we only need salvation if we recognize that we need something to be saved from from sin and from eternal death which is hell, eternal separation from our God and I'm convinced that while without reigniting a healthy I do not want to make that all about fire and brimstone, without a reminder that hell is a possibility, I don't think anyone can understand why heaven is so good, why it's so essential, and why it's not something that's just simply doled out to everybody who's not an ax murderer. But instead, heaven is gifted to us by no merit of our own, not because we're a good person, but instead because we have submitted and trusted in the living God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac. Only whenever we trust in Jesus Christ present in the most blessed sacrament here. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no no life within you. Those are rather harsh words. And so whenever you hear somebody say, why should I come to mass? Don't just tell them, otherwise you go to hell. Otherwise you don't have life. And that's starting obviously from a point of fear. But that fear becomes love. At least it should become love. But that's where it always begins. Because again, to go back to our own personal experiences, a wrestling coach who was hard on me, is also one of the men who I truly respect down into this day, who I realize now actually cared about me. Teachers, coaches, other adults in like youth ministry that just wanted to be my friend, dime a dozen, didn't help me to grow. Nice people, but they didn't push me. They didn't tell me that I was called to be a saint. They didn't tell me I could be more than I was was those select few who cared enough to say we expect more you can be more and I think we have to recapture that sense that fear of the Lord not so much because we fear that we're going to let him down and he's going to withhold everything from us because we know that we can be more because we want to be more and when we start from that place of fear That also then makes room for the other fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, patience, kindness. It makes the space because, again, by enacting and allowing, the only fear we have is of not living in accord with what God has called us to, not trusting in Him. Whenever that's the only fear in our hearts, there's no longer fear of what our neighbor will think of us. There's no longer fear of if this happens, then I'll lose everything. There's no longer fear that the world will overcome. But instead, only a loving trust in our Heavenly Father becomes our true inheritance, our true possession. Fear of the Lord is indeed the beginning of wisdom. And I'm convinced that unless we ask for this gift ourselves, ask for the Lord to inspire a little bit of fear. Because again, to go back to the examples in the Old Testament, and we can even see Peter do this. Whenever we approach our Lord in the Most Holy Eucharist, how cold, how indifferent we can be. But what are Peter's first lines? Where the Lord tells him to throw his net over the side. And he pulls up this great catch of fish. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Get away. I'm scared. It's the experience that Moses has at the burning bush. It's the experience that Abraham has, that Isaac has. To fall into the hands of the living God is a terrifying thing. Again, as we are told in Hebrews, there should be a little bit of trembling. We should recognize that what we are about to receive, what we are given in the Eucharist, Jesus Christ truly present, is something beyond our understanding, something we are not worthy of, something we can never comprehend, something which we will never, and a gift that we will never be able to reciprocate, return to him. It is the greatest gift of this life, his presence. Same God who dwelt, and even more fully than what he dwelt in the Holy of Holies, which the Jewish people used to tie, or that the priest would actually tie a string or a rope around the ankle of the high priest in case he died, at the presen- in case he died from fear in the presence of God. And then nobody else wanted to go in after him, so they would just have to drag him out. We need to remember that fear of the Lord is not something dirty, not something that's archaic, but it's something that needs to be rediscovered. And in this year of the Holy Spirit, it needs to be rediscovered because without it, our love will not grow. And if our love does not grow then the Lord will be unable to use the Holy Spirit to set the world aflame. And if he does not do that, the church will wither and die. Now, obviously, he's not going to let that happen, because every day and age, (laughs) he has raised up more and more saints. But that does not mean that we can just assume he's going to take, that he's just going to answer that it is for us to respond to that call in our lives. To understand that God is all-powerful, almighty, and that we can make decisions in our life that turn us against him, that can result in our eternal death. If we don't recognize that, well then, we put ourselves in grave danger. We put those around us in grave danger because then they don't realize that they need to be saved from something. If they don't need to be saved from something. They have no need for him who's enthroned in there in that monstrance. And if they have no, if they do not know that they need him, the desires that are hard are going to go after the next iPhone, the next YouTube video, the next fad, the next rights movement thinking that that will finally satisfy them. But only he who is dwelling here in this church, only he can satisfy those longings that each of them have. They have it. They know that they have it. But they don't know what it's about. They don't know that they need to be saved from themselves and from the world of sin that surrounds us the world of death that ultimately surrounds us. That is the true font of life. He is the true font. He is all that matters. And whenever that becomes the center of our lives, and whenever we recognize within ourselves some fear and trembling, we can then hear the Lord say to us what he said to Peter. Fear not. I will make you a fisher of men, a fisher of souls." Fear is where it starts, but whenever we take that disposition, the Lord soon afterwards lifts up our heads and tells us to not fear. To love Him was given everything for us, His very Son. And that's why this gift of the Holy Spirit is so fundamental, because I don't think it's meant to last forever. I think it's meant to terminate in love of him. But it is a necessary first step for many of us, for many of us to get to the point to where we can learn to love, not for fear of hell, but instead learn to love for simply loving him for his sake, because that is what we were made for. And only by first encountering him in fear can we encounter him in love. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. Mary, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit.